0: It's 49ers cutback podcast time lots more information coming out of santa clara um lots of roster moves lots of things happening two 49ers seasons are over some of them have been already talked about um, but there are ramifications from each of them and the 49ers are making corresponding moves to try to take care of these situations you have to right yeah. you have
1: to make these corresponding moves you have to try and address these problems as they arise um and not rush necessarily to decisions but definitely do your due diligence and make moves so that you can insulate yourself and sure yourself up. And 49ers have done that, right? Most of has got a flat tire, he's going to be done for the year. We thought it was eight weeks, he comes out and lets everybody know, no, you know what, I'm going to make sure that this thing gets completely taken care of. We're going to go full under the knife uh, and get this thing all the way handled so that way he can be 100% healthy. Um, you know whether or not that means he is going to want to come back and take a little bit less to make sure he can stay in San Francisco, or whether that means he knows his time is up in San Francisco and he's going to need to be healthy if he wants someone to be able to pay him some some good money somewhere else. We'll have to wait and see what that means, and and you know whether or not this is the swan song officially for Raheem Mostert. Uh, but they did a lot of things, right? They promoted uh, Dante Johnson to the, to the active roster from the practice squad now, so DJ officially back on the 53-man roster. For who, for how long? Who knows? We know at some point in time, if he does end up getting let go, he'll end up back on the 49ers practice squad. So there's always that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dante Johnson will somehow be on a 49ers roster, whether that is active or on the practice squad. He just seems to always hover around there. Um, and the 49ers you know, needed to go ahead and, and make moves, and they, they've continued to do that. I think the big practice squad signing that is the most evident, that is the clearest that we need to talk about is on Johnson. Um, they bring in running back on Johnson. Uh, Raheem mostert has gone. You need to make sure you have, you know, four running backs around practice that you can use. And now they didn't have that. So they go ahead and bring on Carryon Johnson, who had, is a veteran who's played in Detroit. Um, a successful guy. He's had some, you know, some experience in the NFL. It's not like he hasn't had, you know, really good carries. Um, and he, he's a very solid player that I think they could actually use if they needed him. But it'll be interesting how the 49ers do it. I, I, we all know that they're going to be using the three active players that they have already. Jamichael Hasty. Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. Those guys are going to be getting the bulk of the carries. on Johnson is just there in case um, something happens and to split the practice load. And he needs to get some carries and get used to it. That way they're ready. It's all trying to get to the point where they can be prepared in case, once Jeff Wilson comes back, um, then he can solidify this running back room. And I think we can feel comfortable with those four guys, with three of them being active every week. And we know Jeff Wilson will be every week.
1: Yeah, we know he's going to be And uh, Cutback Crew. I almost forgot to plug, you know, you make sure you like the video as well and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. 1,700-plus strong now with the Cutback Crew. Man, it felt like like yesterday I was talking about how we were 1,000-plus strong, and then, like, a day ago it was 1,500 strong, right? It, this thing's growing at a rapid pace, so thank you all for for joining the channel and becoming members of the Cutback Crew. Uh, but, no, that's you know, they address the running back room. They make sure they're trying to add some depth. And they don't make the drastic move and bring this guy and assign him to the active roster. Then they put him on the practice squad, right, so they can get a good look at him, see if there's something there, kicking the tires on old Kerry on Johnson, but he's not old, not even a little bit. No, 24. Um, 24, he's a young man. Um, and you know what, the last few years in Detroit were down years. He wasn't, wasn't doing a lot. He was having some struggles. He was having some injury issues as well. Um, but that first year, that first year in 2018, his rookie season, there was a lot of promise there. Um, and you know what Kyle Shanahan can do with promise in the running back room with guys who have some talent. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what this this ends up looking like for the 49ers. But they made some other corresponding moves to bring this guy into the practice squad, and they brought in someone else, didn't they? Ed?
0: Yeah, the 49ers signed linebacker Curtis Bolton and released wide receiver Isaiah Zuber. Uh, those were the corresponding moves as they continued to fluctuate their practice squad and move it all over the place. Um, players come, players go. It just seems to be a revolving door in Santa Clara. Um, but the f- interesting part was they still have a active roster spot available, according sure. to David Lombardi. Um, so what are they going to do with that? Does that mean there's a a roster move that is imminent? A trade? A signing? A little bit curious to leave one spot open, signing these guys to the practice squad and no one to the active roster.
1: It is. It's interesting. Um, you know what? What are they? What are they trying to target? You know what do they want to do with that spot? Is there a practice squad guy like you just talked about? Right? Is there a trade target? Um, you know, there were, there were rumblings from Lombardi as well that the Niners were talking to, right? Cameron Dantzler of the Minnesota Vikings He's a cornerback. He's a second-year guy out of Minnesota. He was drafted in the third round last year. Uh, looked at some of his numbers. Not super impressed with a lot of the things <laughs> I saw. Gave up a lot of yards per completion. A very high quarterback running. I think he was like 95-plus. Um, and, and was just giving up, giving up a lot of catches. Um, you know, it's a 66% completion percentage on this guy. Uh, last year, as well as the air completion yards, I think it was something like he allowed 45 completions and the air yards were like 359 yards, which means most of the stuff was in the air. It wasn't <laughs> was a, yeah. lot, a lot of yak on this guy, not a of like yards after the catch, it's yards in the air, which is a concern. Um, you don't want deep shots or giving up big plays, chunk plays over the middle of the field. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be an option. And I think the Niners are more just testing the waters to see what it was going to cost to get this guy in and see what he could do. Uh, maybe they feel that he currently would be an upgrade over an Ombre Thomas or a Dante Johnson at this point in time in this moment. Um, but th- there's definitely a move coming. Ant, do you feel it's a trade for a cornerback? Do you feel it's a trade for a running back? Do you feel it's a trade for a different position on the 49ers? If you had to, you had to put some skin in the game on this, what wh- where would you be going with it?
0: Um, I don't know. You know, I mean I really don't. I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. I've been going through possible, you know, scenarios in my mind, especially since, you know, we found out Raheem Mostert had to go in the IR. I thought they had the cornerback thing pretty much figured out. You know, the fact they got Drake, Kirkpatrick to go with Josh Norman. And then, you know, whatever happens with Mosley, you, you at least know you have two veteran guys that you feel comfortable can go out there and compete as veterans in this league. Yeah. There could be other moves out there. I, I was a little surprised to hear them in the cornerback market, especially for, you know, Cameron Dantzler. Um Danzler is six foot two. He's a big lanky guy, but there's not a lot of speed there. He's a, a four, six plus guy. Um, coming out of college. So that makes you question why wouldn't you just bring someone like Richard Sherman in or, you know, or roll with the guys you got because Norman and Kirkpatrick can get it done at that level. In fact, both of them had better stats than Dantzler last year um, unless they believe that he can really elevate his game in the system. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a real trade out there unless there's something shocking that's coming that I'm not ready for that I haven't anticipated. Um, maybe there is, you know, I know, I don't know. John Lynch is usually two steps ahead of everyone else. You know, figuring out what is going to happen. I think the biggest thing I would do is I would call the Buffalo Bills and see what is up with, uh, Matt Breida. Um, that would be a, a phone call that I would be willing to make because it's a guy that understands the offense and, you know, can, you know, be successful in the outside zone. I feel comfortable with Elijah Mitchell, but I'd feel real comfortable if, you know, the fourth running back on the roster was somebody like, um, Breida, who, you know, you could use and he could be successful. And has the whole shot capabilities that Raheem Mostert had.
1: That's fair. I mean, that's that's a name that you had brought up, and when when I went live and was talking yeah. about the Mostert stuff, and I hadn't thought about it. Um, Brita is a, a third. Like he's the third guy in the rotation there. Um, you know, they may not value him as high as other places might, and so you may have an opportunity to make a move and make a deal there that wouldn't necessarily break the bank in order to get him in, and gives you a lot of familiarity. And he's had success. He's had success in Kyle Shanahan's system, um, and the speed. you, you can't. The cheetah is the cheetah for a reason. Uh, Breida, as fast as can be, if you get him out in space in the open field, you saw the success he had in 2019 against the Browns. It's always been injury stuff with him. And fumbles. And fumbles. But with him, you don't necessarily need him to workload it in, right? You have Elijah Mitchell. You have Trey Sermon. You have Jermichael Hasty. You're going to get Jeff Wilson Jr. back at some point in time as well. So he would just add a little bit of extra depth and a little bit extra speed in that running back room that now is definitely lacking it with Raheem Mostert being gone.
0: Yeah, that is that is what's missing. That that is what Raheem Mostert added to this offense was the whole shot ability. Um, he really did change the edge. You know, he he set the edge on the way he ran the ball. It was hard for teams to be able to handle him. And now that is missing. Yes, Elijah Mitchell is fast, but Elijah Mitchell is not four three Raheem Mostert fast. He ran a four three. That is one hundred percent accurate. But when he plays on the football field, it's not Raheem Mostert's speed. Um, there is a little bit of a difference. He's plenty fast enough to get it done in Kyle Shannon's system though. And if Kyle decides that he wants to roll with the guys he has, um, I'm completely behind him because that means he has a, a really good feeling about the depth that they have already and what they can do until Jeff Wilson gets back. I'm okay with that. I don't see a cornerback move out there that the 49ers can make. Uh, I scoured practice squads. You were looking at them too. But I'm there, looking for running backs, looking for cornerbacks.
1: One name DB-wise that piqued my interest on a practice squad was Mark Gilbert. And yeah, That's the cornerback out of the Duke. Um You know, he's, he is a guy who I liked his film. I like what I saw of him, but there was injury concerns and issues. I didn't get to see any of him in preseason. So I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know what his status is. And that would probably lead to the reason why the Niners wouldn't take a chance in signing this guy off of a practice squad to an active roster to see when you can go with more established veteran guys like Kirkpatrick, right? Like Josh Norman, the two moves that they've already made. Um, so that that was an interesting name. It was one that piqued my interest. But outside of that, in the DB category, I mean, there there are nothing out there. I mean, Richard Sherman is the only other name that I can really think of. DJ Hayden. DJ Hayden is another one as well, and that's an interesting one. But he's he's had some struggles the past few years. He, oh yeah, hundred percent. He's definitely been not been on the up and up in terms of his level of play what he used to be. Um, and then there's the the Stephon Gilmore stuff. Everyone keeps talking about Stephon Gilmore, the the, the cutback crew. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. He's on the pup list. He is not going to be eligible to play for the first six games of the season, so he wouldn't be eligible until coming out of the bye week seven. He's going to cost you some draft capital. He's going to probably cost you a second. Uh, and you and I talked about this a little bit. Would that be a better move if you could give up a second-round pick and get Stephon Gilmore for the Rams, uh, get from the Patriots? excuse me. Would that be a better move than signing per se, just bringing in a Richard Sherman?
0: It all depends on if you believe Stephon Gilmore can help you win the championship. If he is that piece that wins the championship, probably you do it. If he's not, though, you 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 don't think that he's the one that puts you over. You do go with somebody like Richard Sherman because it's only going to cost you money. It doesn't cost you draft capital as well. Um, the only thing that helps with the whole uh, you know picking up Stefan Gilmore thing is you know you're probably going to get some value for Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. So it might offset trade. a lot of that trade capital that you're going to have to use to go get him. But you also don't know what the Patriots are going to value, you know, and what they're going to want back for Gilmore. Gilmore's trying to get a new contract there. How much, you know, is he going to say he wants a new contract wherever he goes first before he steps on the field? All those things are possibilities that you would have to work out. And the health, too. Yeah, I think, and yeah, he's coming off a torn quad last year. So I think any time that you have situations like this, it's usually the best situation to not give up draft capital but to sign someone off the street that can give you, you know, decent to the same um, ability. I mean, Gilmore's definitely better than Sherman at this point in his career, but yeah. um, you know, you've done a lot of other stuff. Let's see what happens with these other guys first, and then we can play it by ear as we get closer to the bye week.
1: Yeah, It's funny. I just find it funny how worried 49ers fans are about injuries until it involves like a, a big-name guy. Um, people aren't as concerned about the quad issue with Stephon Gilmore. I got, I got issues. I got concerns there. That's a big deal. Uh, quad stuff, lower body, any any sort of lower body stuff on a on a position that requires you to stop and go in space, change directions, be explosive, things of that nature. That's a big deal. And whenever you tear a quad muscle, too, that rehab process uh, can take a little bit longer. That's what's kind of what's happening with Gilmore to an extent. That's um, probably also yeah. a little bit of a contract holdout situation where he wants to get paid the, the, that additional money, but you always have issues when you are coming off quad injuries and quad surgeries, where is the quad firing at the rate that it needs to fire? Are all the quad muscles recruiting when you need them to recruit and doing the things you need to do. There's always issues surrounding that. So there's a big, there's a big just sort of like that, that basic standard of not, not health, but that physical standard, right? That he's going to have to pass and demonstrate and you're not gonna be able to demonstrate that in a short amount of time because the longer the season goes, the more strain you're putting on your body. The harder it's going to be for him to elevate and necessarily keep up that level of play and keep up that level of explosiveness that he's used to. So there's big questions there, big concerns, um, you know. And and does do those questions, those concerns, could that lower his dra- his draft capital? What it would cost to trade for him? Maybe. But if you're the Patriots, right, and it's gonna, you're not gonna be able to get as much from him. You're not gonna deal with him. You're just gonna hold on to him, try and lessen the, the amount of the extension, right, that you have to sign him for and keep him around.
0: Yeah, I think you would want to keep them around. And the 49ers, I, I don't know if they feel this way, but it appears they've completely addressed the cornerback room. They have seven cornerbacks now on the active corners. roster, um, so they've done a, a, a good job of making sure they have guys. They still have Harris coming, you know, that's on the short term IR. Um, you know, I mean, they have they have a lot of guys that are available that they can use. Uh, just right now, I don't know if you how comfortable you feel with Norman and with Kirkpatrick about how you know healthy they are as far as are they in shape? If they're in shape and ready to go, I think you feel somewhat comfortable with that room only because those guys know what to expect. They know what to do in every situation of football. It's just can they get it done at a high level? I tend to think that they can get do a pretty good job. I don't think you're going to get Jason Brett, you know, production out of them, which I don't expect. I'm not even sure you can get Emmanuel Mosley production out of them, but I think a step right behind them is where they both sit, and if you have two guys that can do it, I, I feel okay with that.
1: That's fair. That's that. That's yeah. fair, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at also. A couple of guys who can try and get closer to what Jason Fred do, could do and did, uh, fine by me. If you get the situationally play them in, in spots, uh, if you can create it in the aggregate, I guess, then I'll live with it. Um, that's kind of what we're going to have to do this year with this situation now, um, right? There's a different way to now scheme and attack. Um, the job just got harder for D'Amico Ryans. Thank God he's got a guy in Kyle Shanahan who knows a lot about yeah. defense. They've made moves and brought other coaches in around him who can help him as well. So D'Amico Ryans task is is more difficult luckily he still has the pieces up front that allow the 49ers to attack and make the job a little bit easier for the cornerbacks
0: well with with the whole uh ryan's job being harder really what it comes down to is until these players prove that they can't be trusted to do the things that you want them to do he's going to stick to what he's doing right Mm now Um, once they prove that they can or can't then he'll be able to adjust accordingly um so if norman starts getting beat or kirkpatrick starts getting beat then you go ahead and you adjust the defense, to, you know, to make sure you can help and disguise it. But until then, you roll with what you got and hope these guys can meet that level, reach those expectations, and play at a high level. And Alex, what are you thinking about this running back position? Because we brought up Matt Breda, um, and they they did try they did work out Artavis Pierce. So they're probably not done addressing the running back position. And I know we had a few guys that are available either on practice squads or undrafted that we liked coming out of the draft. That maybe could be possible for the 49ers to add to a practice squad, take a look at, it and see what they can do.
1: Uh, yes, and and the first one is Javion Hawkins, who isn't on a practice squad at all. He's nowhere right now, which is just stunning, because this guy was lightning quick. Yeah. He was fast. He was really fast. This is a guy who it makes sense. It would make sense for the 49ers to bring in and and take a look at his running style. Fits ran in a little bit of a zone scheme in college, and he has whole shot capability. If he can get around the outside, the questions with him are. Why isn't, he, why isn't he somewhere? There's some injury stuff that we're maybe not necessarily you know, up he to snuff off the field with? Stuff. He had some off-the-field stuff. Get some off-the-field stuff, so there it is. So the question is, is where is that stuff at? And then the 49ers willing to take a risk and take a chance on that because they've tried to clean up a lot of that stuff in the organization. Um, they'll have an idea of where that is, and maybe they're just waiting to see how things like that play out.
0: The reason it's worth a shot is because with Carryon Johnson, you're getting a different type of player than Raheem Mostert. Yes. Right. And I think that's why Javion Hawkins would make some sort of sense because you're bringing in a player that has a similar dynamic, which is speed. You're going to use that speed. you know. And if right now, if Elijah Mitchell goes away, um, your offensive outside zone kind of goes away. It's, it's a lot different with Trey Sermon and those guys until Jeff Wilson gets back. And even then, Jeff Wilson's not exactly a burner. So you have one burner left on the team, and that's Elijah Mitchell. You felt good when you had two of them because you had Mostert, you had Mitchell. So bringing on a guy like this and seeing what he could do in your system is a, a good possibility. Um, I, think, I think I would do, go ahead and do it, but I'm not John Lynch, and I'm not those guys, and I don't know the inside information that they have. Fair. But just going off you know, film itself, uh Hawkins is a that dynamic runner in space, and I think he could do some things in Kyle Shanahan's system because of his speed.
1: I agree with you, man. I, I think it's worth taking a look at. I, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan has valued speed a lot, um, and I talked a little bit about this with when we were doing the, the live stream yesterday when I went live to break that news. I really liked Kenny Gainwell, and I was stunned that Kenny Gainwell wasn't a guy because of the speed aspect mm-hmm. um but i think it was the size aspect as well he wants a little bit thicker back who can can be right the vertical threat and and the horizontal threat but can be physical if he needs to be and gainwell doesn't add that That's not he's not a physical punishing back that's not what he does um jb hawkins not a thin guy not a small guy he's not like a short small frame build but he runs ridiculously ridiculously hard i like a lot of the things that he does um yeah. in the running back room and there's another name that that you turned me on to it, and I'll let you kick him off because it's only fair that you get to talk about this guy. He's on a practice squad as well, but this is a big, bruising guy that could that could be a guy that the Niners take a look at.
0: Yeah, Caleb Huntley. Uh, Caleb Huntley is a very, very physical running back. He has a different running style, so he's not going to add the speed element that you're looking for, um, but he's a guy that can operate between the tackles in a high level. Um, he's a very bruising running back who can get it done, and just somebody that I think the 49 yards could develop. He gives me Alfred Moore's vibes. Um, very much okay. that's why he fits the just the footwork and that kind of thing a little bit similar body build Um, somebody that would fit Kyle Shannon's system we've seen somebody that can excel with that similar body type I would definitely get him out there because he, he kind of does remind me of that and I think he could fit in that system but they have to decide if they want to bring him off the practice squad you know I mean you have to decide if one of these another small school guy that you can bring in and see what he can do um, but he's just something that somebody that jumped off as I was scouring the practice squads as somebody that we liked Uh, As a possible undrafted free agent signing for the Forty Niners, and you know, of course, also out there, Alex is Puka Williams sitting on a practice squad somewhere. Also true. Um, You know, he's another guy that you know is a possibility if you're looking for somebody that you can try to develop. I don't know if they're going to do that. I I really don't. I I think that they are. They are willing to be stubborn at the running back position and stick with who they got. Um, So it's just signing somebody off the street like Javon Hawkins might make more sense than signing someone off a practice squad.
1: Yeah, I think that that if if it's going to be a move like that, it could be. Something closer to that than, than, a, a, than a Caleb Huntley, even, per se. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they value and what they want to do with this last spot. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Because I kept thinking cornerback. Uh, and then you brought up the thing from Lombardi about them having seven currently on the active roster, and it's like, oh. And that doesn't even include Devonta Harris on IR. Yeah. That's eight guys. That's eight names. You're not going to be able to keep all of these guys. Someone's going at some point in time. So I really don't know. I don't know what the plan is right now. And maybe, maybe they don't even a hundred percent know yet. Right. They've insulated themselves. They, they made immediate moves to shore up some things. Um, nothing, I I wouldn't say they did anything that was like a rash decision. They brought in some guys they felt comfortable with and brought in some names to insulate themselves in the here and now while they make their next long-term plan, right. And long-term move. Um, I imagine they spent a lot of time going through stuff, especially since today, where it was a player's day off, no practice. Um, so it was a lot of time for them to scour, watch some film, take a look at some some all-22 film from the preseason, some coaches film, and really get a feel for some of these guys and some of these names out there. And who knows, maybe we're going to have a move being made tomorrow or you know, end of this week, or maybe there's no move coming at all right now. They're rolling, right? Without 53, they're going to roll with 52 through the week as they, as they plan and prep um, for the next name that they're going to bring in. Um, I, I really don't know. This is one of the few times where I don't know what move they could make um because the only move that logically makes sense right now is cornerback and you got you got seven already.
0: Yeah, I mean they could add a running back to the active roster. They could. You sign On Johnson to the practice squad, but it doesn't mean you can't go out and sign somebody um to the active roster. Which also they true. could, but there's just not a lot of guys out there. Are you going to bring in Adrian Peterson? You know is that the guy you're going to go with? Are you going to bring in Todd Gurley? Um
1: 49ers fra- fans would freak if you brought in Adrian Peterson and not Frank Gore.
0: True, except for Adrian Peterson has played better than Frank Gore over Absol- the past few years. Absolutely. Um so I mean, either one of those guys. To me, I don't. I wouldn't bring on a veteran like that. I think I would bring on another young guy. But um, I, I still, I still would reach out to the Bills, and I think I would. That would be my number one goal. So maybe they're going to make a move. I do think they'll come up with 53 men. I think they're going to come up with another guy, whether that's promoting somebody else from the practice squad or whatever they have to do. Um, but right now, I don't think there is a clear path, and that the, the fact that the 49ers never have any leaks, never put anything out there, means that um, you don't know exactly what they're doing. Like we talked earlier about Dantzler. Uh, that's yep. allegedly. We don't know for sure. Yeah, this, um, they,
1: this could be totally bunk. It could be, it could be yeah. a nothing burger. Um, you know, We talked about in the preseason, right, when all the phone calls were being made about quarterbacks. They called about Teddy Bridgewater. They called about this guy. You and I were sitting there going, they're not actually calling to trade. They're calling to get information, yada, yada, yada. It could be the case here with this cornerback room. Okay. I wouldn't think that would be the case because they ne- actually need cornerback help. But it could be they're trying to gauge the bar of this guy because they have maybe someone else in mind that they feel is a similar value. So they call about A to throw everybody off because they're really interested in B.
0: Could be. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is going to be interesting um, over the, you know, the, the rest of the week and then heading into um, the Philly game uh, of you know, what they end up doing with this roster because I don't think they ever expected it to get this way I don't think that they thought that they were going to have to face these problems this early in the season. Again, No. Um, let's just hope that we can stay healthy for you know a short period of time here, re- remain healthy, and keep this core group together. Uh, we do not need a, re- a repeat of 2020. Unfortunately, we've lost two good players, um, and we can recover from those two players. But if it continues like this and we end up losing more, it just gets more and more difficult, and you're not able to mask it the way you would right now. So uh, let's see what they do. Let's see what they figure out, and let's see how they build this roster. Um, thank God for the re, the restructure by Jimmy Ward allowing them to have the money to do so. And if they if this continues, um, be on the lookout for a Lakin thomason extension or something like that. I, I think there's somebody else that they can convert into a bonus as well. Um, there
1: there is a, the name eludes me at yeah, the moment. Yeah, it's
0: eluding me at the moment. But there's another player that they can go to and make something happen. So we'll see we'll see what they ultimately do. I think those are things they don't want to do right now because you know, it affects your cap down the line. Um, but they'll do it if they have to
1: if you have to that's that's the key thing is you know making sure that you don't make rash decisions right that you weigh all your options you see how that's going to impact you not just now but in the future as well and make sure that you set yourself up for the best possible outcome not just for this year but for the next 10 years and yeah. that's the goal is for this team to be successful for as long as humanly possible and not just in the here and now mm-hmm. you want to keep that window as as open as you possibly yeah. can at i know i know if you can make sure you win a super bowl now you'll win a super bowl now it's i right. know where you're at I get it. I understand it. I don't necessarily always agree with it in certain things and with certain moves, but there are some moves Ant, where I agree with you. Yeah. If you can sell the farm to ensure you get a Super Bowl, you get it done.
0: Yeah, you can compete for 10 years or you can for sure win a Super Bowl. You win I get a Super it. Bowl. Um, that's just what you do. That's, that's, I tell you all the time about stuff like this. I mean, that's just the mindset that I have. The I mindset I think a lot of people have yeah. is win now and worry about the rest later. And I think at some point, if you believe you have the roster to do so, you do put that into motion. It's like, no, we're gonna win now. We'll worry about next year. Next year, um, because these opportunities don't come along very, you know, very often. You don't always have a Trent Williams and a George Kittle in their prime, and you don't have Nick Bosa and D four being able to play together. Um, so you have to strike while the iron's hot, you know. And and those moves, finding that balance is really hard. And they're trying to find that balance about bringing in guys, but also um, not completely destroying themselves for the future. And so far, they're they're. They're walking that tightrope pretty well. Yes. Um, but at some point, you know, it, it's going to get real tense, and we'll see what happens.
1: Agreed. Um, this this is one of the things right now that I, I have to say I'm most impressed with is that they haven't just rested on their laurels. They haven't just rested on the things they had. They've gone out and made moves and given up enough to not only keep themselves competitive, but usually put themselves in the hunt. They did that with, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. And I imagine we're going to see that move again this year where they're going to go give up something, maybe more than people want them to give up, maybe even more than necessarily I want them to give up, but it's going to be for the guy they feel is going to get this team over the hump and get us, right? Get us not just into the Super Bowl, but having us come out on
0: top in that fourth quarter. I have a sneaky suspicion that Norman and Kirkpatrick are going to play better than people think. Okay. I have a, I have a real sneaky suspicion that both these guys are going, to, are going to play well for the 49ers. I'm not going to say they're going to play an elite level, but they're going to play serviceable level where we feel comfortable with them as we get farther into the season. Um, because I, just, I I think Kirkpatrick had a good year last year, and I think in the right system like this in San Francisco with the right defensive line, um, he can be successful. And I do think that Norman was hampered so much by the hamstring last year that we saw the film when he was healthy, he played well. He did. Um, so I think both those signings were very strategic and 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 good, and I think the fact they worked out Kirkpatrick before it means they always thought this was a possibility. So I think both those guys will be fine, and once Mosley comes back, then the secondary will, will stabilize, it'll feel comfortable, and we'll be good with it but I, just, I, I guess I just have faith in veterans playing in this defensive system um, for the coaches that we have.
1: Agreed. It, it, and I think one of the biggest things for 49ers fans is just how strong the NFC West is top to bottom it is. with some of its weapons, right? Weapons, the receiver core, um, you know, the quarterback play as well is, is top-notch out here in the NFC West. And so there's always just those concerns. If you're not elite at the DB room, right, you're exposed. You're, you're, you're expo- you can't just rely on the pass rush. You're going to have problems and issues. We're going to see. It's going to get put to the test this year. This cornerback room now is going to have to bring its A game every time it faces an NFC West team. And the opponents, right, the opposing teams, your O-line is going to have to step up and play because we're going to be bringing that pressure.
0: Well, and you don't know what their injuries are going to look like. Also that I mean, right now we're talking about current things. The 49ers have hit the injury bug early in the season. Three, four weeks from now, Arizona might have guys gone. Seattle might have guys gone. The Rams might have guys gone. This is what happens overall. The Rams lost a running back, you know, before the season even started this stuff happens and and injuries are a real thing and they're going to affect the football team and we just have to wait and see how it's going to play out but just because a team has a weakness like you, we say the 49ers weakness is a secondary um just because they have a weakness doesn't mean you can't take advantage of another team's weakness to a point where it actually you're going to win the football game and we know that Seattle the Rams and Arizona all have weaknesses and all they have to do is be exposed and as long as the 49ers can expose those you know worse than what they are exposed in the secondary then they win um so I think that it's all give and take, and it's all going to be fun, but that's why each game is so important, and that's why you play the game to see what happens. And paper, uh, stuff on paper is great, but actually proving it on the field is completely different. Um, there's been many games where you know a team is supposed to get absolutely slaughtered, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're winning the football game. Uh, that happens a lot because you don't know how football bounces. Sometimes it bounces your direction. It didn't bounce the 49ers' direction and in injuries week one. But it might not bounce somebody else's direction later on. So Absolutely. I think they've already proven that they can overcome injuries. They've done it before, and they'll do it again. And I think they're going to have a successful season. And I'm not ready um, to ignore the moves that they've made and the smart decisions that they've made. I think they're going to be successful this year. And if I was the NFC West, I would be just as worried about San Francisco as ever before.
1: I agree with you there. I agree with you there. You know what the good news is, Ant? Is the Cutback Crew is going to get to see if other people from the NFC West feel the same way. Because we got a new show debuting today. You don't want to miss it. Quest for the West. We have a gentleman, San, from the Always Compete Seahawks podcast, joining myself for Quest for the West, in which we talk about all the teams in the NFC West and where we feel our teams stack up against everybody else's. Week two of, of Quest for the West is going to feature also a gentleman from the, from the Arizona Cardinals. You won't want to miss that, and potentially even we may have a guy from the Rams lined up, which means we got a representative from each team, which means tons of smack talk, tons of fun talk about the NFC West, and who is at the head of the table. You're not going to want to miss Quest for the West. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's a good conversation overall. Um, you know, you get to find out a little bit of about each of the NFC West teams, and then just talk about um, how they match up against each other. I think everyone's interested in hearing... You know, how the 49 match up against those other teams from somebody's perspective that's right there in that backyard um, where they know the team inside and out just the way that all of us here at the cutback crew know the you know our team the inside and out because we pay attention it, it's a cool, it's a cool thing to do and I think it's going to be get fun it's going to get real fun when all, all four teams are represented um, but this is a good conversation overall I thought it was a very entertaining and very informative.
1: Absolutely and it's only going to get better as the weeks go along so make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell as well and get notified for all of our daily videos also hop over in the discord so you can chat it up with all of the cutback crew including myself and Ant here uh, just about videos things going on with the 49ers and get up to date you know information as things break so even before we go live even before our video is posted you get a little heads up it's very nice over there the discord is a lot of fun. Uh, but ant-man this is a great episode make sure that you all Cutback crew comment down below what you thought do you like the moves are you sad for raheem mostert right dante johnson being promoted great but he's going to be gone eventually let us know about all of it any trade targets out there you want the niners to hit make sure you drop them down there as well let's have a wonderful conversation about this
0: yes i am interested to hear what everyone has to say because i know they have some people that we're not thinking about some players um that could benefit this team they always do i can always count on the cutback crew to come through with somebody good um, and to have some interesting conversations off of those. So I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone says in the comment section. It should be exciting, and then we can have some, some more great conversations.
1: Absolutely. It's always fun having conversations here. That's the best part about the Cutback Crew, the best part about this Cut podcast, interacting with you, interacting with the faithful. Um, it's always a good time. And until the next one, Cutback Crew and the fans, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the, the 49ers, 49ers
0: way.